In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. And welcome back into the Orange and Brown Report. I hope everybody is enjoying Victory Week uh, as the Browns coming off a 10-7 to victory over the Houston Texans to push their record to 6-3. and And today I am honored to be joined by the one and only Jake Burns. Jake, how are you doing on this beautiful Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning? I'm good, man. I'm good. I finally got my computer situation resolved. I can write again. I can podcast again. Life's uh, life's on the uptick for me from from a, a place of solitude lately, where I haven't been really able to do to do much football content. So, uh, but uh, you know, man, it's it's first world dumb issues. But I'm good. <laughs> man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, and obviously the world misses when they don't get enough Jake Burns and enough film room breakdown and the OBR film room breakdown and all the things that you provide. So we're glad to have you back. I am smarter every time I listen, every time I read. So it helps me. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, you know, depending on how much time you got to look at film or just to look at uh, the game on Sunday. I know there was terrible weather, but the reality is we're still going to probably always talk about Baker Mayfield because quarterbacks. You know, they decide things, and until generally someone wins a Super Bowl or, you know, puts together some amazing seasons back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, we never we never feel like we know, right? Joe Flacco, we're still asking if he was ever elite. We don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo, Carson Wentz, some of those guys are, are really the guys at this point in time, a season or two after thinking they had they had made it. So I know the weather was terrible, but anything that you saw from Baker Mayfield, anything you feel like you could take away uh, from Sunday's win uh, in Baker's performance, I believe it was 12 for 20 for 107 yards, anything that you saw from Baker, good or bad, on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I certainly think that, like, the thing that caught me off guard was uh, that Stefanski said that the weather was worse than this one than it was in Oakland, and it just seemed, I get it, I get it early on, but it I seemed like when they came back out, it wasn't as windy as it was against Oakland. Obviously, it was uh, even worse, so they didn't even feel good throwing the football 10 yards downfield, he said. Like, they just, they, they, they thought that it, at that point, um, if you were if you're trying to, to push the ball downfield in any way, shape, or form, you were running a risk of, of turning it over, something unexpected happening to the football. So it sucks because we all want to, we all want to evaluate Baker week to week and see how he piles it all up. But you really have to, um, you really have to kind of, I don't know. You have to almost throw these two. You you can't throw them out, but you kind of you kind of have to. The, the the good thing is this: that he didn't hurt his team in any way, shape, or form. And I actually think he's been okay. Like he's missed some throws here and there, but for the most part, in my opinion. He's played relatively good football. He wasn't the reason by any means that they lost the Oakland game. Um, I didn't think they – I thought they let him down in a couple different scenarios. And I also certainly think he was okay this past Sunday against the Texans. You know, Deshaun made some throws. He missed quite a few too. 
Um, I didn't think, you know, Baker had to necessarily make the throw types that Deshaun did because Cleveland runs the ball so well. I thought they did. I'll say this, Jared. I thought they put him in some spots that were tough. Like, I thought they continued to run the football on first down, which was driving me crazy, (laughs) that they weren't doing anything different on first down than running wide zone or tight zone in some situations. And it was very – very predictable, um, and they put themselves in some tough spots because if Baker doesn't complete that third and eighteen to Higgins on the right sideline, that's still a three nothing game or something. I think it was just three nothing at it was that three point, nothing, right? And it was still really tight midway through the third quarter, and it's like it's uncomfortable. It would have been comfortable still because then the pressure continues to mount. Look, I, I don't have a great answer. People want me to, and I've gone on some other shows and I went on the radio today talking about this. I don't. I don't have a great answer. Look, like he played okay in tough weather games. The good thing is he didn't cost them a game. He managed them through it, um, you know. And and I listen. I think the Oakland game, if they catch a couple of throws, is a different outcome and a different discussion, uh, for the most part. Uh, but but he wasn't a problem the last two games. And in weather like those, that's okay. And certainly, it's just it's just. I, I tweeted about this earlier in the week, which is. There are two ways to win in this, this this game offensively, in my opinion. You can have a quarterback who is elite. You hope to get that guy because then he props up the rest of the roster. You know, he covers up holes on the offensive line. He covers up, you know, average to below average wide receivers, tight ends, et cetera, lack of a great run game. Uh, he can, he, he'll do, you know, different things. He always finds the weakness in the defense. He makes big-time throws. He gets out of the pocket. Uh, he makes big-time throws in the pocket. He can take a hit and throw – or you have a quarterback who the rest of the, the group props up. And right now, uh, it's it's, and I'm not sure it's even Baker's fault or anything necessarily, but the way the Browns structured this thing offensively is we have two really good running backs. We feel good about Nick. We feel good about Kareem. We brought Kareem in for that reason. And we have a really good offensive line that we've invested in. And we're going to run the football until people take that away from us. The situation process for Baker gets a little bit harder because – not only have you pushed the reset button essentially twice on him, you pushed it a third time going into this year. You've then propped up the quarterback in a running game scheme, you know, uh, and that's not a problem. You, you do what you can to win games. If you acquire talent and their offensive line, tight end position, and running back, you're going to use it. You'd be dumb not to and say, oh, we're going to make Baker carry it. Well, why would you do that? You don't have to do that. So you you, you do the easiest thing, and that's run. So um, – I've got a theory on what they should do with Baker as it sits currently right now. Um, we'll, we'll maybe talk about that, but I, I don't have a great evaluation answer right now. We'll see. The, 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 the next seven games will tell us quite a bit. He'll play the Ravens and Steelers again, teams that have given him trouble. He'll have opportunities against bad defenses, Philly, Jacksonville, uh, just, just to name a few. And Tennessee's not playing very good defense either. So he'll have some opportunities against some pretty bad defenses. So we'll see. You know, some teams will continue to do what the Texans did and say for three quarters we're going to take away the run game. You're going to have to beat us by throwing the football a little bit. So uh, I, I still think it's too early. We all want an answer about Baker. We want it right now. We want it right now. What is it? What is he going to be? It's been going on for three years. Got really high on the start. Got really low on the second year. You're finding in, in the middle ground now, that kind of middle ground he can be. Uh, is that good enough to win a Super Bowl with him leading the pack? I don't know. We'll have to see. But in my opinion – there's a way you can kind of fiscally make it work. And, and we can talk about that if you want. If we want to save it for another day, we can. But there, there's a there's a way I think it can, can kind of work itself out. Yeah, I think that's definitely something um, as we go down the road, I, I think we definitely want to jump into. I think it's really interesting if you thought, if this was Baker Mayfield's first year in the league as a rookie, 
This is exactly what they did with Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger. Strong run game. Uh, well, the Browns don't have a great defense, but it was a run game and a defense. Unfortunately for Baker, this is year three. So we are looking at every snap or, or every game as uh, something we're going to make a, a snap judgment. And I think it, it speaks to your ability to wait and to, to understand that each game isn't going to tell you the entire story. But game number two against Pittsburgh, game number two against the Ravens, um, those games might tell you a little bit more. Maybe the Tennessee game, if they make the playoffs, all of those kind of things. So I think that's a continued conversation as we go down the road. But I think what uh, you're kind of hinting at is if that game, let's say Miles Garrett doesn't make the stop on Deshaun Watson on fourth down, all of a sudden, does Baker have to throw when Kevin Stavansky doesn't want to throw more than 10 yards down the field? If Baker doesn't hit Hollywood Higgins uh, on that out route, uh, that deep out route, um, for that third and 18 and or Higgins bobbles it or whatever, you know, does that change how they're running their game? But it's one, it's one of the reasons you go with a run heavy game is generally speaking that travels Wind doesn't have the same impact on the run game as it does on the pass game. And that's why the Texans struggled and the Browns were able to pull out a victory is the Texans are a pass first team and the Browns are a run first team. And in weather like that, specifically wind, it's hard to pass the ball. So um, I, do, I agree with you. We don't have to have a this is how Baker is, this is what we know he's going to be for the future because you're right, this is the third time we've restarted things for Baker. Uh, and if I'm right, his fourth head coach. So there is just a lot of change there. Um, what do you think about the fact that Baker has been able to not make those poor choices, not try to force things, you know, over the last two games in bad weather games, he hasn't, you know, gone all Brett Favre. Is that something that surprises you, given his uh, panache and desire to make a big play? And he, he's a pretty aggressive guy by nature. Yeah, I mean, he's made some throws down the field. I, I think he's tried to on a, on a couple different occasions. I think he had six or seven attempts over 20 yards, I think, or fi- sorry, over 15 yards. So he's, he's trying a little bit, but... Yeah, I mean, the thing for Baker going into those games, and I'm sure Stefanski talked with him about it in the game plan and talked with him about it on Sunday when they arrived at the field, is like, you know, hey, man, you're throwing in this wind. You see it the same way I see it. We're going to be pretty careful with this thing. We're going to rely on on trying to run the football until we feel like we can't run it anymore, and we're going to need you to make some throws, but there's no reason to force this thing into action, right? Like, I'm sure there's some real communication going on there, and I, I give Baker credit for that, like, you know, for the most part, in cold weather games, he's been okay. Pittsburgh excluded. Um, I think he's he's been fine. Uh, you need you – know, I would say this. The, the, the Oakland game, it didn't, it didn't need to be throw it out, you know, throw the football all the time until late in the game. But, again, like in that game, I thought he was fine. I, I certainly didn't think he was – he was a problem in that game, and like I said, if a couple footballs get caught, he's up above 200 yards, he throws a touchdown, they probably end up winning that game, or at least having a real chance to make it closer than 16-6. So um, I, I'll, give him, I'll give him credit. I, I, I can't sit here and, and be down on, on the, the past two weeks' performance um, by, by any stretch of the imagination. He's still missing some things. I think if you slow the tape down and look at it, there's some better options he doesn't throw every now and again, but... Uh, to me, these last two games haven't tilted the scale for me one way or the other based on where I was coming into them by any stretch of the imagination. So, uh, yeah, we still have seven more games of data they need to collect and potentially a playoff game too. So those will all play very heavily in our opinion. And if you look back on what your opinion is, if you wrote it down on 
you know, what is today, November 16th, 17th? If you wrote it down, you might have a different opinion in just seven weeks. So we'll see where it shakes out. But for now, there's no reason to feel uh, any worse than you maybe did uh, after the Pittsburgh game in, in terms of where they're at. And you should, if you if you were swayed after the, the, the Cincinnati game, because, you know, you saw two extremes there, uh-huh. one high and one and one obviously pretty low, uh, it's 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 still it's still very much in the air. He's a very streaky quarterback, and we'll just uh, we'll just we'll just keep gathering data through the rest of the year, and we'll see what they decide to do with the fifth year option because that'll ultimately tell where the Browns are at. Absolutely, and and there's one thing that uh, in the article that uh, was published today that I wrote about just trying to define what success for the Browns are going to be this season. Uh, Jake is actually a tweet from you earlier in the off season. Uh, you and I have talked about it on the pod in the past. Is that one of the most important things is really making a decision about Baker Mayfield this season. That'll really define success is if they're able to make that decision that that Baker is their guy. And honestly, at some level, if Baker isn't their guy, that really is the almost the most important part of the season is making that decision. Now, they hope that the decision is, yes, he is our guy. But in the end, they need to be able to make that decision. They need to see where he's at and feel really good about moving forward with him or moving forward needing to replace them at some point in time. And, again, we don't have all of that information yet. Uh, We will continue to talk about Baker Mayfield throughout the season, obviously. Uh, But first I want to talk about Indeed. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. You know, we're next week is Thanksgiving, and then three weeks after that, basically, we're getting into Christmas. So businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site. Uh, according to Comscore, Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term commitments. Instant match that they have now, and now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of all online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month. Um, so it's clear Indeed can get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Ooh, Blue Wire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply, Jake. I That is a lot of words right there, brother. We're going to move on from Baker, and I'm going to get a sip while I ask you, we have Nick Chubb and we have Wyatt Teller returning from injury. As you looked at the game and, and saw where they were at, did either or both of them look like they were back 100%? Kind of what was your takeaway of the two kind of important pieces? I know PFF has Teller scored really high again this week. What did you see from the two important pieces of the Browns run game returning this week? <laughs> did, did they make a difference? Like Wyatt <laughs> Teller is – and I, listen, Chris Hubbard's fine. I mean, Chris Hubbard filled in admirably at – at right guard, a position he hasn't played in years, and he was he was okay. But like Wyatt Teller's a mover, man. He's a mover that they they know that they can create run lanes off of his zone blocking ability, um, front or back side if they feel like they can take advantage of a cutback or feel like they can take advantage of a bounce opportunity. Um, and then you know they like to pull him and they like to get him in space. He did give up a sack. I thought he got a little top heavy and leaned 
uh, on a play action scheme, and, and he probably wanted that one back. But a really proficient man, just just a really really good lineman that that makes the group kind of gel. And obviously Nick is Nick, and he's special and uh, um, doesn't miss much. He's able to see. I continue to always use the phrase he's two beats ahead and run scheme. He just has a great feel for what his offensive line is doing and where they're going and where he needs to find the right crease. And um, him being able to, to equally split carries with with uh, with Kareem and, and the two different running styles. Like Nick is obviously a finisher. Um, you know he's 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 able to like I said find the right route to take on almost every every snap. And he'll he'll deliver an instant blow. He'll keep going a little bit, but he's not. You know you can get once you get four or five or sorry not four or five but two or three guys on Nick he'll get down. But what I loved about Kareem on Sunday was kind of that extra fight, man. Like when he's fresh and he's able to come off, uh, you know, uh, situations where he doesn't feel like he has to carry the entire burden, the ability of Kareem to kind of surprise defenses by fighting at the very last moment for extra yards is it's a big part of his game. He's not as great vision-wise as Nick is, and he, he, I'm not even sure he has that boost uh, in speed when he hits – a crease, a real daylight crease situation, but I was impressed with, with how well I thought he handled the end of runs, finishing runs, picking up those tough yards, which I don't think is something teams expect when they see a change of pace running back in there. I, mean, I, I think that that's where Kareem is unique from almost any other change of pace back who comes into games who are traditionally pass catchers uh, and, and guys who prefer a little bit more of a finesse approach. So those guys, the way they complement each other, kind of complete players, in my opinion, at the position, is is such a difference maker for keeping the two of them fresh and, and really feeling like, hey, man, I can take this series off and we're going to be okay. I can get my legs back. I can, I can kind of regather here. And the coaching staff knows that putting 1A and 1B in, you're going to be fine for the most part. Obviously, Nick is... Nick's the difference maker. He's more talented overall back, in my opinion. But but Kareem is still very very good. And when you can when you can mix those two together, it's it's tough for defenses through four quarters. They did a nice job of keeping them in check uh, <laughs> through through three quarters, and then the fourth quarter when they've been wearing them down all game, it just takes a couple guys getting a little bit lazy or a little bit tired or losing their focus just a touch. And all of a sudden, it's it's a problem, and you run for over 100 yards in the fourth quarter alone. So um, that stuff's fun, man. It's really really cool to see the Browns play that style of game, which you know we saw that Oakland game. We felt like God, man, this feels like. And I tweeted, that feels like 2017 again, where it's like teams that start to impose their will on you in late in games, and you can't get the football back, and it's just really annoying. Well, that's what Cleveland has been doing this year to almost everybody else on the schedule, and um, I felt, you know, you feel really you feel really good about your team being able to finish games that way, and it's really nice to be on the opposite end of that, and those two guys are so important to what they do as an 11-man cohesive run game unit. Uh, those guys are very, very important. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting. You're right. Uh, the Browns at times dominate games even if they don't dominate the score. You know, they're not – you know, the Kansas City Chiefs putting up 50 points like it's easy or any of those kind of things. But as you watch the game and as you know the game flow and you, you experience it, it feels really good to have dominating players. And I think you're right, having two dominant, um, complete backs who you watch them and they 
they couldn't at some level they almost feel like they couldn't be any farther from each other while still somehow being complete backs, right? It's not, you know, Leonard Fournette and some scat back. You know, it's literally two very complete backs who are both fast at different levels. I think Kareem is a little bit more uh, quick, maybe in the hole at times, those kind of things where Nick maybe has that more explosive long speed, those kind of things. They both have levels of power. But you just watch them run, and it feels like two different, totally different types of running backs, but they're still high-quality players. You know, they're still doing a great job, in it, and it's just really, really fun to watch. And one of the things that... I've noticed. I noticed in this game, anecdotally, and I'm not sure it's accurate, but um, is it looked like uh, Nick was taking shorter strides, uh, a little bit more choppy, uh, and I don't know if that's coming off his injury. I don't know if that's weather related. I don't know what it would be, um, and I don't even know if it's just me trying to find something. But I remember watching the game going. It feels like he's taking very purposeful steps right now. And, and again, if he's just protecting himself, obviously it works out, right? Still 100 and whatever yards after that 59-yarder at the end there. Uh, but you're right, Kareem, you know, he, he's get, taking a five-yard run, and it's eight, right? I remember one play, it looked like it was going to be a three-yard gain, and then he's near the first down marker. You're like, wait, how did you end up there? Uh, and then you have Teller, who is either leading the way, bulldozing people, um, I think consistency is going to be really important for him, uh, and it's going to be really interesting to watch what the Browns decide to do with him as we look at contracts in the future. Uh, but him just being consistent, right, like you talked about in the past game, sometimes he gets a little high uh, and can kind of get thrown off of his off his blocks a little bit, but uh, just great to have them back uh, in the game. Finally, just kind of ending up, uh, the, the Browns gave up seven points, right, and so if you just look at the stats, you're like Deshaun Watson had less than 200 yards. Uh, the running, their running game didn't get a ton. Not a lot of explosive plays. Seven points given up. But we watched the game, and we know the weather was a big deal. So, Jake, from from watching the game, outside of Miles Garrett, who's just a beast and really is a defense uh, in and of himself, was did you see improvements in the defense? Or is it another thing where we were just chalking it mostly up uh, to the horrible winds that affected the game? I thought that they were just op- like opportunistic again, right? Making the stop on the goal line, um, you know, making a couple key third down plays, just more opportunistic. I thought they still they're still struggling to defend the pass in general. I certainly think that there there are elements to their coverage which teams are really starting to pick on, especially how they defend the curl flat and cover three that they run so often. I, I still don't love it, and there are opportunities that teams are really picking on them there. But just uh, just getting after the quarterback a little bit more consistently in this game, I thought that they, like I said, made a couple key stops when it mattered, uh, especially uh, the drive there where they, they, they stopped them on the goal line and then that, that field goal opportunity situation where they made a nice short yardage stop. Um, they, they just uh, I thought they just played really much better situational awareness football. In, in Oakland, far more physical team, uh, especially at the point of attack. Uh, Houston still did pop a few runs with Duke Johnson. They didn't consistently run, but they popped a few, which still gives me a little bit of concern, but they popped a few. Um, but listen, this is what this defense is going to have to be. They're going to have to be a bend-but-don't-break team. They're they're not a team that's built to dominate you know, one-yard line to one-yard line. I think they just have to be able to come up with timely plays, a timely turnover, a timely third-down stop here and there, 
or like we said, when when their back's against the wall, making a stop down near the goal line or making a stop on a key fourth down. You know, the Oakland game goes completely different if they make a couple of fourth down stops. Like, it just does. They, yep. they, they, they take the football back in certain situations. So you can you can give up some plays here and there, but can you make the, the opportunities – can you make the plays on the opportunities you have to change it in your favor a little bit? They're not going to dominate defensively, flat out. It's just not going to happen. But can they just do enough to give their offense those those chances to score, to put them out in front? Because when they play from out in front, they're a different team. So um, that, that to me, was it. And the weather certainly was a challenge for, for Houston, the same way it was for Cleveland, and the weather helps. And that's the one benefit of playing in Cleveland defensively is that, you know, you have to – you're forcing opponents to deal with the weather. And as struggling it can be for your offense is, is the same sort of struggle it can be for the opponent. So you have to take advantage of that. And I just I just thought they played pretty well. And even even though the Oakland game was frustrating, they only gave up 16 points. You know, like you right. typically think your offense can get to 17 or 21 and win games. So um, you know, there's a million different scenarios, in my opinion, where that Oakland game goes a little bit differently based on a couple swing plays. So, they're they're fine. They're, they're going to give up yards, like I said. They're going to be bend, um, but you can't break, and you have to make a couple opportunistic plays, and um, that that's what that's what they need them to be. And hopefully, they can be that version, that that sort of pesky version of themselves the rest of the way. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I'm so interested in in this off season, and then going into next year, a couple things. Really, one is uh, you and Jonathan just breaking down more and more of the defense, uh, the more to understand what they're doing and. And really, you know, next year for me is what is Joe Woods going to do, right? Like what is the defense going to look like with a Grant Delpit, with whatever Andrew Barry does? Because that's going to be very interesting because I do have some concerns looking back at some of his time in Denver, those kind of things. So it'll just be really interesting to see both what you guys evaluate and what you see on film, but also, you know, what it looks like when he has a little bit of a better roster. Obviously, no one is pretending that the Browns' defensive talent is there. And so the bend but don't break, some of the decisions in cover three and and sometimes in man and those kind of things, um, it'll just be really interesting to see what develops. And I think really the, the, the backside of that's going to be, you know, does Stefanski – you know, in year two, get a little bit more involved in the defense, turn a few more things over to Alex Van Pelt so that he is more involved in in the bigger schemes of things. Um, Because obviously the Browns with Pittsburgh, with Baltimore, with Kansas City, you know, when we think long-term, they have to be a really good team in a lot of areas. That's just something that's going to be required for them to reach uh, the goals and where they want to be, and that includes coaching. And so uh, they need more talent on defense. And then we get we get in a better opportunity to really evaluate uh, Joe Woods and how he's calling games and how he's putting players in a position to be successful. Right now, he doesn't have a lot of players that putting him in positions to be successful is going well for him. Um, and so that'll be kind of that next step for the Browns. But the Browns are six and three. They could have been seven and two. You're right in, in the Oakland or the sorry. Oakland, still Oakland to me. Las Vegas game, uh, they could have they could have easily uh, taken that game, uh, but they didn't. And so now we move forward uh, to to the rest of the season, the last seven games, uh, to see where the Browns end up. Can they get into the playoffs, and what does that look like, uh, Jake? As you kind of look forward, just I didn't even tell you this was going to be my question. Um, when you look forward, what is one part of the Browns' season that is kind of whether it's a game or just a part of the the team that you're really looking forward to seeing how the season ends. Is there a game you're looking forward to or just something on the team to see if 
how things change, develop, those kind of things? It'll continue to be Baker. I mean, so much of how Baker finishes and so much of where Baker goes in the next uh, seven games and into next year is going to tell how long this ride is going to last. You know, they, they their scheme is fine. They have nice offensive talent. I think that they obviously have a nice running approach. They can add wide receivers in the coming off seasons and, and, and build uh, at that position. But, like, what what do they have at quarterback? And, and can they support him long enough that he gets to the point that he can support them? Because you made a good point earlier with Ben was supported early and Drew was supported early, and then they found their stride later on. And can we as a fan base be patient enough for that? Can we as a fan base <laughs> um, sit back and allow this group to handle Baker kind of uh, being brought along, and then maybe someday Baker takes the reins, and, and they when they have to cut costs at some positions, he can he can become the guy uh, because those are discussions that were had. You know, Drew Drew had that discussion uh, when he left San Diego, and, and Ben there, there was a reason there, there was a lot of talk of hesitation about paying Ben Roethlisberger big time money. If you want to go back and read the articles, they're out there. So. Um, there, there's uncertainty about these things, and you know, did they, did they think Russell Wilson could carry the burden? You know, there's, those questions are there. Baker has to figure out a way um, to, to prove. Listen, there's not going to be a ton of opportunities, Jared. They're going to run the football well enough to win a lot of football games. I think. I think it's just fact. Can they defensively hold up? We'll see. But there are going to be opportunities for Baker to prove that he can carry the burden. Those will be important, more important than anything else. And the rest of the way, and, and the rest of 2021 too. So that's where my focus will continue to be. As I think most fans, their focus will continue to be there as well. And hopefully, we get a clear answer on that because there's no more intriguing storyline as to where the Browns go as a franchise for the next 10 years than, than Baker Mayfield. Just just the fact of the matter. Absolutely, and we'll we'll continue to talk to Jake Burns. Make sure you get a hold of him on Twitter. It's Jake underscore Burns 18. Uh, everything uh, he has his computer back, so I'm guessing he doesn't get to sleep for the next uh, six days or so uh, as yes. he's breaking down film and all all the things that he's going to do there. Uh, so make sure you check out everything that he has going on. Um, and before we finish up, let me talk to you about Bet Online. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more. More options to wager than anywhere else. You can get it on their season opening bonuses today. Listen, if they're still giving them to you, you still should still take them. Uh, so get in on those season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book expert. Jake, thanks for coming on with me tonight, buddy. Anytime, my friend. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, folks, thanks for stopping by the Orange and Brown Report uh, podcast. If you didn't listen, uh, I had my victory pod that was posted Sunday going into Monday, Stephen Thomas uh, for Tuesday, and then Jake uh, here on Wednesday. So please make sure you go back and look at those. Uh, And then please take care of yourself, take care of others, and go Browns.